Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to our slash stories about Kevin, where this absolute idiot of a man loses his leg in the dumbest way possible. Kevin the inept felon runs from police and loses something more than his freedom, and not for the first time. This occurred in 1997. I was a news photographer, video not still, for over 20 years. The majority of that was at a TV station in a large sized city. I'd been at this place less than a year, so I was working weekends. On a Sunday morning, I was heading to work and I noticed it had rained earlier because of all the puddles of water around. This city was a ghost town on Sundays, so I expected it to be somewhat slow until a reporter came in later to come up with a story. I walked into the newsroom, which at that time was only occupied by the guy running the assignment desk, RK. I was about to take off my jacket and get some more videotapes for my camera when RK told me not to get too comfortable. He had to send me out right away. What's going on? I asked. I'm not sure. Police watch command called us and said they had a story. You're kidding, I said. For context, whoever is working the assignment desk in the morning has a daily ritual of calling up all the local police and fire departments to see if anything has happened overnight. If it was a slow night, they'd just say no and we'd move down the list to the next one. If something did happen, they would let us know then. They never call to say they had a story for us. RK told me that a police sergeant was waiting for me at an intersection about four blocks away. I grabbed some tapes and drove over there not knowing what to expect. The area I went to was an older part of town that had a few railroad tracks crisscrossing where freight trains would normally pass through. The sergeant sees me pull up and he gets out of his car, walking up to me with a smirk on his face. I walk up to him with all my camera gear and I ask him what is going on. He says, let's just start the interview and I'll tell you. Weird. Usually I try to get an idea of what's going on before I start an interview, but whatever. I go through the motions of clipping a microphone on his tie, getting him into position so the lighting looks good, asking him on camera for his name, spelling, and rank. Okay, I asked, what's going on? And the sergeant proceeds to tell me the tale of Kevin, the inept felon. Earlier that morning, Kevin had been driving around looking for somebody to rob to support whatever bad habit he had at the time. It was an older part of town, but it still had nice homes in it, so not a bad neighborhood at all. After a while, he finally spotted three men walking down the sidewalk. He parked his car and ran up to them. He had a metal tool in the pocket of his jacket. I think it was part of an old steering wheel club that he was pointing at them through the pocket to make it look like he was armed, and he told them he wanted their cash. Judging by his appearance, they thought he was homeless, and they started digging around for any loose change. The first guy didn't have anything. The second had a 10 spot. Kevin realized he wasn't making himself clear, so he motioned with his gun at them to let them know he meant business. The third guy finally clued in on what was going on, so he pulled out his very real gun and pointed it at Kevin. As I was being told this story, I imagined Kevin's eyes bugging out of his head a la Looney Tunes at this point. Realizing he's outgunned, Kevin pulls out his gun and takes a couple of swings at the men before sprinting back to his car. 
The three men manage to get a plate number before he drives off They call the police with the plate and a description of kevin The car comes back as stolen and the police pull out a b-o-l-o for kevin and the car For those of you like me that are not from america that stands for be on the lookout A patrol officer in the area heard it and thought it sounded like kevin since he was a frequent flyer in the back of cop cars He decided to head down to a popular park downtown that was frequented by criminals druggies and other riffraff Upon approaching the park, he sees, parked along the curb, the vehicle in question. And there is the Kevin he knows standing next to it, talking to some of his ne'er-do-well friends. Kevin notices the cop approaching and makes a beeline for his ill-gotten car. They start a short chase around downtown. Fortunately, since it was Sunday morning, downtown was deserted. They eventually end up at the place where I'm conducting the interview. Unfortunately for Kevin, there is a slow-moving train going through the intersection and blocking his escape. Kevin, in his infinite wisdom, decides that the train is moving slow enough that he could easily jump in between the cars and get away. Believing he has enough of a lead on the cop, he abandons his vehicle and runs for the train. At the beginning of this story, I said I'd noticed it had rained earlier in the morning. Apparently, Kevin didn't notice. As the pursuing officer was stopping his vehicle, Kevin was jumping in between two train cars, but he slipped on a wet coupling, flopped onto the street under the train, and got his left leg cut off above the knee. The cop stopped in his tracks, quickly spun around and reached into his patrol car to grab a fistful of the oversized zip ties police were using at the time as flex cuffs. He ran over to Kevin and made a tourniquet with them around what was left of his thigh. He called it in and an ambulance and fire truck showed up to stabilize Kevin and haul him off to the hospital. After the sergeant I'm interviewing finished his tale, I'm just standing there in a dead stare with my mouth open. After he confirmed he wasn't joking about the story, I asked him a couple of follow-up questions and unclipped the mic. I let him know I didn't need him anymore if he needs to go and I asked him where exactly it happened. He points to the tracks ahead of us about 30 feet. I asked him if it was still bloody up there and he said no, the fire department hosed everything away. I thanked him for his time and got to work getting some B-roll. After shooting for a minute and wondering exactly where it happened, I noticed a bit of leg meat wedged in between the street and the train track that the fire department had missed. I got what I needed there and headed to the park where the officer spotted him and into the neighborhood where he tried to hold up those three guys to get some additional video. I make it back to the station where RK asked me how it went. I sit down and tell him the tale of Kevin the inept felon. His reaction is the same as mine. We both laughed about it for a minute and he tells me about the next story I need to shoot. The rest of the day is rather slow. So slow that I'm told that the story about Kevin is the lead for the 5pm news. Back then, after we shot a story, we just handed it off to an editor and that was the last I heard about it until news time. I eventually go back to the train tracks to meet up with the reporter for the live shots. We talk briefly about the shot he wants for the background and chuckle about Kevin's misfortune. Five o'clock hits and the anchor in the newsroom throws it to the reporter. He gives a brief intro about Kevin's adventure and throws it to the package, the pre-recorded story with the reporter's voice track on top of interviews and video. I listen to it in my earpiece, waiting to cue the reporter when they throw it back to him on camera. Now, since someone else edited the story, I missed out on one last bit of information. The reporter explains on camera that this was not the first time Kevin's own actions resulted in an injury. Two years earlier, Kevin and another man got into a physical argument involving a shotgun. They were trying to wrestle it from one another until the muzzle gets pointed downwards and blammo, 
Kevin blows his right foot off. As the reporter says this over the air, I start saying, what? Halfway through, I instinctively slap my hand over my mouth. I never did go back to look at the air check, but I'm sure that made it on the air. He throws it back to the newsroom and the director clears us. My reporter starts taking off his mic and earpiece and notices that I'm just staring at him with my mouth open once again. What? He asks. Let me get this straight, I say. So not only is this guy through his own fault missing his leg, but now he just doesn't have any feet? Yep, he says. Some people's kids. Oh my goodness me. I mean, look, maybe we could have forgiven Kevin for this one incident. I mean, people make mistakes, right? And I'm all for seeing the good in people. Uh, you know, it's not the best idea to try and rob people and then make a stupid decision by trying to jump through two trains. Uh, but, but nonetheless, you know, we all make mistakes. However, the fact that he's already blown off one of his feet and now is literally footless just confirms, if we didn't know already, which realistically after hearing the first first part of the story we did that this kevin is indeed a kevin and is an absolute clown i think what what is very important here to remember is that he was trying to do this right as in you know escape the the cop with one foot because he'd already blown off the first foot right so was he running with one foot i mean does he have a, a, a prosthetic i feel like there's more information here that we need would he have made the jump if he'd had two feet who knows maybe if he had the foot in the first place he would now have both feet still i don't know i mean this is just as typical a kevin story as you can get really just crazy insane and ultimately the guy is just left disabled for no real reason apart from his own stupidity (laughs) there we go i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Oh, now for our next story about Kevin. Courier Kevin will die on the code hill. A few days back, I used one of those courier apps. I type in my info and delivery address and I wait for the guy or gal to come pick up my package. They're usually friendly and efficient. No issues until now. This time though, Kevin shows up. First sign of trouble, he calls my phone. That's never happened before. Hi, I'm Kevin from X Delivery. I'm at your door. He most certainly isn't since that would have required me to buzz him in to access my floor. But nevertheless, I humor him. Hi, Kevin. Did you follow someone in? I look through my peephole and as expected, there's nobody in sight. No, I'm here. Open, please. I hear an aggravated lady through the phone. Tell them it's the wrong door. Kevin, I say. Yes. Where are you? I'm at your door. No, Kevin, I'm at my door and you are not. Have you checked the address? Kevin hangs up, then proceeds to call again. Mom, open, please. I'm at your door. At this point, the woman at the other end is threatening to call the police. Kevin, please leave that poor woman alone. Walk out and find the right building. I then tell him the address. I don't need to check the building. I used the entry code. The door opened, so it's the right building. Kevin, I'm now in my building's hallway and you're not. So clearly you're in the wrong building. I'm telling you you're wrong. The woman you've been bothering is telling you you're wrong. And I'm not having this conversation all day. Especially considering I'm freezing my butt off 
coatless in my slippers gradually losing my compassionate adult veneer kevin hangs up again and then calls back kevin yes i swear to god if you hang up on me one more time this won't end well now i want you to listen to me very carefully are you listening yes good tell me are you on xyz streets yes lovely please walk out of that building and stand on the sidewalk i'll find you i look out and i spot kevin two buildings up the road he was easy enough to find the company dress code is bright red cue extra negotiations to get him to walk to me remember i'm still in slippers no coat on kevin finally reaches me and the first thing out of his mouth is why does that building have the same entry code as yours how would i know kevin i don't live there but but two buildings can't have the same entry code that makes no sense you know what makes no sense you insisting that i should know what goes on over there in a building i do not live in he stares at me for a few seconds then mumbles sorry i wasted your time i did ask him if he was sure he could handle this delivery he declared he was fine now and that is the most bizarre kevin encounter i've had to date yeah i mean i don't think anything screams kevin more than oh my goodness me how does another building have the same entry code as yours does he genuinely think that every building in the entire world with some form of security system or entry system should be in communication and say none of us are allowed to have the same code as any other building ever in the entire world ideally that would happen i would say it'd be, it'd be great for security however it does seem quite impractical it really does i do actually feel kind of bad for this guy i don't think this was malicious given that at the end he says sorry i wasted your time i kind of feel bad and i do think that, that a lot of the time with kevin's they are not malicious people unlike entitled parents and, and, and a lot of other people that we see on you know revenge subreddits for example that are kind of bad people kevin's are just doing what they can i think but they're just pretty dumb and have no common sense kind of like this guy and now for our final story about kevin just a quick one to finish kevin misses total solar eclipse in a car wash back in 2017 a lot of the usa got to see a total solar eclipse at every location totality only lasted for a couple of minutes so it was a huge deal there hadn't been a mainland us total eclipse for decades the kevin in this story is my dad who took me and my brother i was 13 then my brother was eight to see the eclipse with a big crowd in the middle of nebraska Everyone was standing around waiting, but my dad insisted the eclipse was an hour later because of daylight savings time not working on an eclipse. Why would they want to save daylight when the moon is in front of it? This in spite of the 200 people gathered in the middle of this grungy small city slash large town, Grand Island and E to watch. So my dad, Kevin, says he's going to buy potato chips at a gas station nearby. I figure this is okay. Worst case, if he doesn't get back in time, he will watch from his car. An hour later, totality is over and everyone gets ready to leave. Papa Kevin comes back and it's the first time I've ever seen him cry. He explains, he got a car wash and missed it. There's another eclipse next year and Kevin says that this time he's taking a bike. Oh my gosh. If there's one thing that you don't want to do when you know there's going to be some form of eclipse it's kind of shelter yourself from the outside world the sky in any way you know go inside go in a car wash where there are things all over you and you're inside the car and ah, oh, so dumb i mean look if there was better reasoning behind it perhaps i could let this cabin off but the fact that he said that daylight savings time doesn't work on an eclipse as in what you have to forget the fact that that time has 
changed or the hour has changed because there's an eclipse. Like eclipses and, and other planets don't have different time in general. It's just, I, I can't even begin to kind of understand or work out what he's trying to say here. Surely if you see a group of 200 people waiting for something at a certain time, you don't think, oh, they're all wrong and I'm right. Let's go and wash the car. Seems pretty uh, stupid. And again, you know, he's not a bad person. He's really upset with himself at the end, you can tell. But maybe in the future he'll learn this lesson. Uh, who knows? I feel bad. Once again, I do kind of feel bad. And I feel like that's sort of the sort of the case with a lot of these Kevins. Anyway, guys, that is going to do it for this one. Really hope you enjoyed these stories about Kevin. Not bad people, not malicious people, just dumb people. But, you know, I feel for them. I really, really do. Uh, if you also feel for Kevins and you want more stories about them, drop a like on this one. Comment down below that you want to see more and subscribe with notifications on or follow me on whatever platform you're on to keep up to date with my daily Reddit stories. Hope you enjoyed this one and I'll see you tomorrow with some more. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.